everything you want, it always works. So what's wrong with you, I'm sure you're wondering, at this point? And since you've asked that question to yourself, and I'm here, I'm glad to answer that question for you. There are actually three things wrong with you at minimum. First, you are a powerful creator. You absolutely are. You are using the law of creation, however, in a confusing way. Sometimes conscious and very often unconsciously, but you're always creating. The second problem or the the good news is you're a powerful imagineer, but you're using your imagination to create confusion. Sometimes you imagine wonderful things occurring, but other times you imagine the worst things possible. The third thing is that you're a powerful believer. The problem is that you're using the law of faith to create confusion. Sometimes it's easy to believe in something wonderful, good, and true for yourself. But the very next moment, what can occur is that you find yourself believing in lack, fear, and limitation. So, you're a confused creator, a confused imagineer, and a confused believer, which is causing chaos in your world. That's not the good news. That's just what occurs. The good news remains what is true in the beginning. The laws work in your favor. Life is for you. What we have to get sober to and just realize is that we are using the laws. We are creating. We are imagining. And we are believing. We're just doing it in ways that negate and create confusion and chaos in our lives. Are you with me on that? Do you want to be a conscious co-creator with this good, using it for good, and causing the things I described in the beginning? I thought you might, even if only a few of you responded. So let me break this down. Let's, let's go back to some basics here and talk about the creative process and how it works. Now, I'm going to describe this on the macro level of creation, but the same thing that occurs on the macro level also occurs on the individual level. So it says in the Bible, God said, let there be light. God said, let, 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 and whatever God spoke occurred. Now, This is just a um, sort of symbolism. It's a way of speaking to what is always occurring because it gets confusing for us to understand because we immediately begin thinking in the context of time. And so we think, well, when did God do this? Well, when did this all begin? When did the first creation occur? However, if we can get our minds out of the left brain and into the right brain for a moment, into the creative aspect of self, it has always been occurring and even always is a misword. It is occurring in the now moment, eternally. This creative process occurs. This thing called God, if you will, all that is, creates. And if we'll stay in that story for a moment, this thing called God said, I want to create something. And they say through the power of the word, through the word, let there be this. And it came to pass. Life itself expanded and keeps expressing and creating. And this very thing called God created out of itself. 
which means simply that everything that is, is contained within this thing called God. And not only is it contained within this thing called God, but it is made of God's stuff. So everything that is created is this very thing, right? The rocks, the walls, the ground, the earth, the planets, the galaxies, the stars, the worms, the smallest of molecules to the greatest of creations. It all is made of this thing called God, this God stuff. And it creates through intention. There is a divine intelligence that is inherent within everything that is a part of the creative process. Now, what's really cool about this creative process is that you are an individualized, aware expression of this thing. You're like this wonderful little individual expression of this creative force. And you have a divine intelligence within you that knows this. And you are empowered with the most important aspect of God itself that makes you not better than, but more conscious. It is this thing called choice. You have the ability to choose, to know, to reflect, to understand, to awaken to greater and greater revelation within your own individual essence of self. The rock is in the same process. It just doesn't have the same awareness. It doesn't, it doesn't get to go, what am I going to choose today? Where am I going to go today? What do I want to be? Now it doesn't need to say and do that because it's a denser creation of the, of the law and it really doesn't care. A rock is a rock. It's happy to be a rock. You are happy to be you, but you have a wiring that says more, more in the most positive way, more life, more expression more creativity, more experience, more expansion. You hold the moreness, if you will, of God. And the way that this comes to express is through this thing called the creative process. That is always happening. The way that it occurs and the way that we describe it is that God expresses itself as the love and the law. The love is the natural state of its being. They say that the love flows through the laws and through the laws, it comes into form. Love is the essence of all of this. Love is in back of all of this and it flows through the law. The love and the law also exist everywhere present and are within you, which is why you like this thing called God in your individual experience of life can say, let there be light, let there be light and there shall be light. The challenge or the problem up to this point is that if we are asleep to the use of these laws, then we miscreate, we become susceptible to Whatever vibrations are happening in the air, you've absorbed all of this um, less than holy, if I may, thought systems or beliefs. And within those, when you kind of fall asleep to your creative process, the creative energy is still flowing. So it goes, where do I go? Oh, I'll just go through these channels that are already there. So an already there channel says I'm not worthy or I'm not smart or I'm not good enough. It's got to flow somewhere. It needs a portal to come into expression. Guess where it's going to go? Through those very channels. This love essence will flow through the portals through which it can access creation and experience. So if you're asleep and you're not consciously creating and 
because of the confusion of creation that you have done over time, you've got all these little portals that are possible for this love energy to flow through. It's going to choose the most logical and the most available one. Now, for some of us, I'm not smart is a pretty big portal. So spirit can just flow right through there. It doesn't have judgment about it. It doesn't define itself as it. This love essence doesn't care what it flows through. It doesn't call it good or bad, right or wrong. It just flows into experience. But guess who's the person who experiences and feels I'm not smart? You, if that's your portal. If that is one of your portals or I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or I don't have enough, this loving energy that just flows, that flows through that portal and goes, oh, this is fun. We, like a slippy slide, comes through. You experience the feeling nature of that. Now, that's fine. That would be okay. If you just felt that, that would be enough. The next problem comes in, which is you not only feel it, you identify as it. Take a breath because that's your big problem. That's our big issue. Not only do you feel like, oh, gosh, I don't have enough. That doesn't, I don't like that feeling. Your body knows it doesn't feel natural. Your, your essence knows it. Like, oh, it's got that oh to it. However, you define yourself, oh, I must be this. Oh, this is who I am. Oh, no, this is who I am. This isn't pretty. I better cover this up. I better hide this. Now you're playing this whole game. And guess what this beautiful spiritual energy says? It flows through now the portal. Let's hide this. Okay, so now I've got feeling I'm not good enough. This isn't okay. I'm feeling that. I'm defining that as myself. I'm creating a false reality to cover that up because I sure as heck don't want you to see that. And so spirit now flows through that whole portal, the next portal, which says cover it all up. Pretend this isn't happening. That's a lot of spiritual energy to be misusing, don't you think? That's a lot of work. That takes work and energy. And that kind of work and energy, because it's going against life, because it's going against your nature of love and health and wholeness and joy and possibility. Because it's, it's kind of like holding back the river. So it doesn't take energy to flow with the end, with the river. When you flow with the river, you become more energy. But when you're using energy to hold back the river, to hide, to cover up, to play small, that is literally like holding the water back. And that takes work and effort. And guess what happens at the end of a day of that kind of work and effort? You don't have to guess. You know. You're tired. You're cranky. You feel disconnected. And this very essence of love and light that you are, you aren't experiencing. That's what occurs. Now, one day of that, you'd be fine. Seven days, 14, 365 multiplied by 20, 40, suddenly your hip hurts, your shoulder hurts, this is out of whack. It all comes into expression. Do you get where I'm going? Here's the good news. I, I don't mean to just keep taking you down that dark road all my whole talk. In fact, I have no idea where I am in my notes, so I'm just going to keep talking. The good news is when you wake up, if you will, for lack of a better word, which simply means become aware. When you become aware of this creative process that's always happening and you become aware that you have been the slave to it, which means you've just been at the whims and the, and the throes of it, wherever it goes, you go, and you feel victimized by it. When you wake up to that's what's occurring and you begin to become aware that you can actually consciously use it 
it wipes away the problem so quickly. It's not like it goes, well, you know, you've been doing it this way for 40 years, so you got to suffer the consequences of this. It immediately says yes to new life, which is why every single moment you can literally begin again. Sure, it may take some healing time. Some of the choices you've made that your body are holding, that your body's holding may take some time to drain out. Some of the beliefs that the mind is holding and defining itself will take some time to drain out. Some of the emotional feelings that you've attached yourself to, they take some time to drain out. But the decision to be awake and aware of the creative process process and that you can use it for good immediately gets activated and the yes is so much powerful and again it said now flowing down the river is easy flowing down the river of your yes to life is easy it really is now we have these wonderful little garden analogies and when the challenge is when we saw in this little skit here is when the weeds come in When the weeds come in, and we all have experienced the weeds, haven't we? We've experienced the weeds where they swallow up the beauty of life, and the beauty of life disappears. What we call that here at Bodhi is called second crop. We call it second crop, and then let's stay in the analogy of the gardening, because you've tilled your soil, you've gotten out all the old beliefs, you've gotten all of this out of the way, you've planted consciously beautiful flowers, a whole new life of prosperity and love and friendship and success and creative expression. You just planted a whole new beautiful garden. And it's, it's starting to grow and it looks beautiful. Sometimes you water it, you try to remember, but sometimes you forget. Well, and sometimes there's a few little seeds left of the old thoughts. They're just left in there and they start to rise up. This is such a critical choice point. It is such a critical choice point because here you are looking at your garden. You've got some flowers coming up. You've got some beautiful things happening and you have a few weeds that are coming back. Do you go, I am these flowers, I am this beautiful garden, I'm just going to uproot these weeds and get them out of the way? Or do you go, I'm the weeds, this is horrible, this doesn't work. And you identify yourself with the weeds once again. It's it's easy intellectually to, to identify with the flowers. What's identifying with the weeds where it gets harder is your emotional body. Because the emotional body has such a pull on us. It really does. It just, when it says you're not okay and, and it kind of ignites in you, you really feel it and it hurts. I get that. I know that place too. But if we can stay in relationship to that second crop, the weeds that are coming back, because we didn't get all of them out, then we can use it for our good because then the power of your word and you re- reignite the creative process, you say, this is not true about me. This is not true about me. You use the power of denial in the most positive sense. Denial is simply unplugging your energy source that has been plugged into a false belief, unplugging it and plugging it into a new idea. Denials are very, very, very good. We don't deny the reality of what's occurring. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the denial of addictions or or the river of denial that many of you live in, you know, all that stuff that's been said. I'm talking about the positive use of your word through the creative process to deny that which is appearing as your reality. When you take that stand, you are entering into a new game. You are consciously choosing to water the good ideas, the good thought, the success, and to uproot the false ideas. So 
the weeds that are coming up in your new garden are for good. They're for good because they're simply pointing, going, hey, get this out of your way. I'm coming up to show you. Get this out of your way. Now, the weeds look like a silly thought or they look like uh, a traffic accident or they look like a, a, a temporary uh, physical problem or a relationship issue or something that looks like your past patterns. That's what it looks like. It looks like a craving. It looks like a craving for someone or something or some escape. It rises up within you. And if you can find the spot inside of you that says, this is second crop. This is not the truth of my being. This is coming up in this very moment for me, for me. And what do we do? We take a moment and we breathe. In that space, your breath becomes the most sacred thing you have. Because what happens is when you start to believe the old patterns, you stop breathing. Now you're shallow breathing. I get it. I mean, you're alive. But I'm talking about breathing in the now moment, which is a deeper connective breath. As soon as you get triggered, you start, you breathe like this, which means you're not connecting down to your life force. So this thing, if you can take a deep breath and dive yourself down and just grab a connection to your life force, that's your first step to connect to your breath. It will get you back into the present moment right there. The next step to do, I love to do, and we teach to do here. Call upon your divine. Call upon the presence of God as an I-thou relationship, as a oneness relationship. In this moment, don't even try to figure that out. Don't get silly and try to go, well, is God I-thou? Is God oneness? It It doesn't matter right now. All that matters is that you breathe and call upon the presence of the divine. In that moment, there's a couple choices you can do. You can say, help which is a great word in this moment, you can call upon your divine and say, help me here. Help me because this thought, this belief, this reaction, it feels so real and it has got me. And if I stay five more minutes in this, I'm going to get someone else with it. So I need help now. You can ask for help. And when you ask your divine presence in that knowing and in that breath, After that breath and then that recognition, you call upon for help and you keep breathing. It will begin to shift for you. Something will occur. You will feel the grace. Something will begin to loosen up or something will begin to relax. And suddenly that which you were going to say that was going to attack and plow someone over or annihilate them with your words is going to soften a little bit. At least at least if you can listen, you'll say, can you please wait five minutes? Can you just breathe for a moment? Let's get back connected to, to, to that self. So asking for help is powerful. Now, if you got, if you got a little grounding, then you can move into action yourself with your divine. I say always call upon your divine, but connected to your divine, that's where you can say, which I referenced earlier, I deny this as I have any power here. That's a very great, strong stance. I deny that this is the truth of my being. I deny that this very emotional response, that this appearance that is occurring that looks like is against me, I deny that this has power over me. Again, I'm not denying it as a reality or an experience. It's just happening. But what I'm denying is that I'm identifying as it. I'm not going to identify as this problem. I'm not going to let this problem define me or take me down. I'm going to say, connected to my divine with my breath, this is not the truth of my being. That is very powerful. And quickly, 
from that place in that connection of denying, then you could, you've unplugged. Now you plug in. Now you can say, what is true about me? Let me tell you what is true about me. By the way, this is often happening in your head or happening in a journal. You don't want to sit someone down and have them sit through your experience. They might be a little freaked out by that. But inside ourselves, or a journal's great because if you can move, if you can sit down and for a page write, this is what's true about me and this is what's true about my life. If you can take a moment to do that, you are really catapulting yourself forward using the creative law for your good and it will respond. It absolutely will respond. So if you can sit there and deny what is occurring as your reality, as your definition of self and declare a new choice in connected to that self, the experiences of life will begin to shift and change. And you have just went through your beautiful new garden and you have uprooted the weeds that have come up. And your garden then begins to grow with more space, with more energy. It becomes more and more beautiful. Your life begins to grow with more and more space, with more energy. It becomes beautiful. It takes on all these different expressions of possibility. It becomes stronger. It it becomes able to withstand a few storms, a few rain, a few dark clouds. It becomes capable of of enduring those, not only enduring them, but leaning into them and using them for good. The sun comes out, and this is your life. This is your life, the very creative process that I'm talking about. A flower, a flower gets to use this. A flower gets to have this to express and become. If a flower gets this, what could you do? What is possible for you who knows who you are, who knows what's possible, who knows at the deep level of your being what is right? There is so much possible for you. It is said in the Bible, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Wait upon the Lord. We know that Lord or some of us know, I I will just say that Lord means law, spiritual law, waiting upon the law to work in your favor. When you have the ability to wait upon the law to work in your favor, it says so clearly, you will renew your strength, you will mount up with wings as eagles, you'll run, you'll not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. This is good news. This is what becomes yours. Our work at this current state of consciousness and our evolution is to wait upon the law to work in our favor. And that waiting happens in a lot of ways. Waiting meaning I'm not going to speak right now. Because when we speak false words against ourselves or other, do you, others, do you see that we've, we've, we've ignited the old story? We've just fed it. We just gave it um, energy. And now we're going to have to back up and start over again, sort of. Not absolutely, but um, for this moment that, that will do. If we will wait upon the law to work in our favor, if we will get into right relationship with it, to get in our favor. That's when these things shall occur. Now, the time of waiting, what I want to call it for us as a spiritual community, where we are and who we are today, is simply our time of spiritual practice. That is what our waiting is. When we show up on Sundays, when we show up for the classes, when you take those workshops and those retreats and you go see that wonderful therapist and you work with that spiritual counselor, those are all the ways that I want to define waiting for us in this moment. Your time of waiting can be active. 
It can be ignited. It can be. So, so when, when you're doing the morning practice, when you're going to these things, when you're participating in this community or whatever spiritual community is yours, when you're showing up for that, you are actively in a waiting stance because here's what occurs. And I want to go back to the moment of waking up. When you wake up to the reality of who you are and how the law works, it's a whole new game. It's a quantum leap. It's a quantum leap. But we can't make that moment occur. You can't make that moment happen. Our waiting is our time of practice, of making ourselves available, of opening our hearts and minds. But the moment when you wake, when you, when you awaken to the truth of your being, it's, it comes from the divine. It comes from something that's greater than yourself. Let me give you, you know, the analogies that come to mind in this moment are extreme, but they'll be helpful for us. Many of you know Eckhart Tolle or Byron Katie. They're amazing teachers, truth teachers now on our planet. Both of them, in very different ways, well, similar ways, woke up. One morning, they were both, they, they went through the path of misery. They were trapped. They were, they were um, absolutely desperate and in horrible pain and isolation within themselves. And they woke up one morning and they literally woke up. Eckhart Tolle woke up to pure bliss and pure joy. And he is, was in oneness and it says he walked there for, for, for a couple of years just being in pure bliss and connection with all of life. Life. He woke up. Byron Katie had a bit different of a story. She was in a treatment center and woke up one morning and literally all of reality appeared in the now moment. There was no story. There was no past. There was no future. There was only reality. And reality was shining brightly with life that was overwhelming and beautiful. I remember sitting in a, a session with Byron Katie where she said, to call life good is just scratching the surface. I know, that's what I did. Mm. It's magnificent. It's a magnificent idea. She, in a moment, was able to pierce through the veils of illusion, to pierce through all the stories of separation of self and others, and she saw the divine reality in back of it all. And both of these people are awake teachers now in the world. This waking up is what I'm talking about is each of ours. It is each of ours. And both of those people will tell you there is no way that they orchestrated that to occur. There is no possible way that they made that happen. Something magnificent and greater than self popped open within them. And suddenly who they were was the divine reality. But the moment before and the moment after and the pop in the middle was not theirs. I say this to you because it's important for us to brace because sometimes we just try so hard for the wrong things in the wrong ways. We can't wake ourselves up. Our divine is working. The presence of God within us is working for us. It doesn't negate our practices because we're not all going to be Byron Katie and Eckhart Tolle. Most of us are going to take the process path of, of insight, of gaining freedom, of expanding, of tilling your soil, of keeping your garden clean, of doing your spiritual practice. All of these things are in preparation. They're in the waiting for the Lord, waiting for the law, to have that moment where you awaken to your divine reality. That's what we're about. Now, in the awakened state, if you will, the use of the law of creation is practically instant. It is there for you, and there's nothing blocking it doesn't, you don't speak a thought, you don't speak an idea, and then the creative process goes into activation immediately upon your word. It doesn't have to go through all these unawakened constructs and portals that are clogged up and messy from the past. In the present moment, conscious connection, whew, thought, 
laws activated, manifestation. Just like I started with in the beginning of my talk. That's how it works. Unawakened, crazy, chaos, messy, oh my God. Awakened, fast, clear, graceful, for good, for you, for all. The movement from asleep to awake is the journey that we're on. The moment of awakening is in the hands of your divine. So communion with your divine, speaking to your divine, building a relationship with the God of your being is our practice. Getting to know we're doing this so much in the deepening course and it's making me so, so happy. And I know the people that are in the deepening course are experiencing, many of us are experiencing the same thing. And those who are struggling are showing up. They too shall see their day. But what is so wonderful is that we are taking the time to build a relationship with our own individual experience of God. That's the work that we can do today. That's the work I believe that we're called to do today because that's building the connection from our end. And the moment that it occurs for you, and I'm going to call it a moment if I may for now, there may be moments along the journey, but even if there is, there's still an invisible line that you cross through. The moment for that to occur, suddenly when it occurs, it doesn't matter how much time and work you've done. It doesn't matter. There's no comparison. It doesn't matter. I started my spiritual journey, if you will, 22 years ago, 23 years ago, and started reading the books and taking the workshops and was going to Unity and and was very involved and just loved it, loved it, loved it. And then there are times when I didn't. I mean, I, I wanted God, but I didn't want God when I wanted to go party and play and be the rock star that I thought I was in my mind. People didn't agree in the world, but I live here. So, so you know, it would come and go. It would go, I want to know God. Oh, I don't want to know God. I want to know God. Oh, I don't want to know God. I want to do this. I want to take this class. Oh, this class is a pain in my butt. Why am I doing this? I did this whole journey. Perhaps you can relate to this. But all of it, as I look back, as I reflect back, as I did this week on this, Suddenly, and what I can honestly tell you, and I talked about this on the south side, by the way, I was speaking down there at a a church Wednesday night, and what came through me was the awareness and literally the feeling of how much I want God today. I've crossed over this invisible line where it is such a stronger gravitational pull. My wanting to know my divine, my wanting to be in right relationship with the creative process and these laws that are here for me, my wanting to commune with this energy of love and freedom and beauty as my being and to use it for good it feels so much about who I am today. It is absolutely... I mostly who I am. I still have some percentages of time, no doubt, like we, like many of us do. I won't say all of us, but many of us do. But that, that wanting, and they talk about that in the Bible too, when you want the Lord God with all your might and with all your strength. Well, I used to think that I'm like, oh, I'm not even close to that. I don't want the Lord God with all my might, with all my strength. But then when I look back, that wasn't true because I kept showing up. No matter the best way that I could, you're showing up the best way that you can. Now, could there be more for me as I look back? Sure, there could have been, but there wasn't meant to be. Where you are is perfect. The work you do today will add on. And suddenly, I, I, as I've been reflecting, I have crossed over that line. I have become more away and more hungry. I'm more hungry to know God in the midst when it doesn't feel 
like that which the world would call God. That's a sign. When you know you're hungry for God is when something's occurring inside of you or in the world and the part of you goes, where's God in this? Where's the goodness that's here? I want to see that. When that rises up inside of you pretty darn quickly in the middle of experience, you want to know God. You want to know what's good and true. When when you're in the middle of a fight, when you're in the middle of something happening between you and a loved one or a friend or something's really off kilter at work and you sit back and go, I want to know how I'm creating this. I want to know my part in this. When you want to know that, you want to know God. You want to know the God of your being because you want to take responsibility for your creation. You want to know how you are causing it, at least for now, your part to even just say, what's my part here? What do I need to know in this moment? When you can take that breath before you react, when you can ask for help, you want to know God. That's what's occurring. That's, that's, that's the desire. And that desire will become stronger and stronger and stronger. And you shall become, you will become the very person who will stand in the middle of a storm where the whole world is screaming, this is horrible. And you will stand there and you will go, let me know God right now. Let me know God right now. Now imagine if all of us got to that place. Imagine if all of us got to that, just in this room, just this room right now, this thing called Bodhi and its expression in this very moment. If all of us could get to that place where the first thing or the second or, yeah, would, is let me know God, let me know God, let me know my part. The, the, the consciousness that we would, the, the, the shift that we would infuse into the consciousness of humanity, you could not measure. One of the things that um, we, we found out yesterday in our deepening all day course, or we had an all day Saturday for half of our classes, and it was said that one person, if one person gets right in their relationship with the divine, with their parents, if they clean up their relationships um, within themselves and with others and with God, they affect a 100,000 people. One person doing their spiritual work to make a difference can affect the waves into consciousness of what occurs for them will affect 100,000 people. Who knows it? I don't care if it's true or isn't true in this moment. Just contemplate for a moment if all of us made that commitment to want to know God, to want to know the high road to choose moment by moment by moment, to want to know what is my part in the equation of life and to be highly dedicated to living it. If all of us could grow into that wanting, the, the consciousness would be forever shifted. That's what we're here for. That is, so that's putting our desire to know God on the map. It's getting it activated and making it move in the world of form. That's what we're here for. That's what's possible. And that's the journey that I invite all of us to take together over and over. I invite us to take this journey together. That's what we're here for. So take a deep breath. Turn within for a moment. And ask your divine. Ask the presence of God. To know, to be known. Ask your divine, how can I know you more? Ask the presence of God to to help you surrender your story. 
to let go of the past. Ask your divine to help you want to know its presence more. Take this moment and be single-eyed focused on your request. Ask your God to make itself known more fully in your mind, in your heart, and in every area of your life.